All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another podcast. This is uh, Your Journey. Uh, and my name is Andrew Love. And so today I have another special guest for this podcast. Um, he's a friend of mine. His name is Deshaun Hawkins. And today we're going to be talking about um, the black community. And so we want, we're want going to talk about uh, two topics, uh, black pepper, uh, black uh, preparedness, and number two, civil war in the black community. Now, I know y'all probably wonder what, how this topic is going to go and so far and everything. But first of all, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Deshaun Hawkins and say, so tell a little bit about himself and what he do. And, um, and based on, uh, I, I believe, the outline based on a book he's writing on. So, Mr. Deshaun, go ahead and tell the uh, listeners of this podcast of um, who you are, a little bit about yourself. All right, my name is Sean Spaven. That's Sean Hawkins, but started my own incorporation. It's called Sean Spaven, Spaven and Reinhardt. I'm from Dangerfield, Texas, former military guy. I reside in East Texas right now. Now, a little more about me, I'm a born and raised East Texas country boy. And just like most young kids, I got involved in some things in my early years that, from a fortunate standpoint, I came out on the top end. And I learned from that. And I want to do the same thing for the young black kids, uh, girls and boys. So more or less what we do is, is we try to encourage the youth to be something, to live above the image. That's basically my campaign, live above the image. Now, I know a lot of y'all might think, what image? Well, that image is hip hop. And Andrew touched on the fact that I'm writing a book. That's true. The book that I'm writing is called Hip Hop Induced Stupidity. And it's not to say that everybody that listens to hip-hop music is stupid, but a lot of hip-hop people are young and influential. That's why a lot of our youth gets into trouble, because the music they listen to. All right. So um, so what made you want to decide to start your business? Well, you know, uh, I get up every day and I punch a time clock for somebody. <clears throat> they tell me when to be at work, when to go home. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as the money is good. But sometimes those same people call you and tell you, hey, look, don't come to work for the next week. We don't have to give you an explanation. We'll call you when it's time for you to come back. And if you don't have an extra source of income coming in, that can be problematic. I read somewhere that it says the average American is like one, maybe two paychecks away from being homeless. That's true in a lot of cases. And it, it, it ain't even a racial thing. It's just truth. If you miss two paychecks, Right now, man, what's probably going to happen to you? First thing, you're probably going to lose your car. Hey, right. If not, you know, your your apartment or your house. Yeah, your lights go out. Right. And that right there, man, it just made me realize that I don't want to be solely dependent upon somebody else paying me. So I started trying to do my own thing to make an extra source of income. Now, it ain't all about the money for me. I genuinely love what I do. I love reaching out and helping other young black people. Okay. So, um, so how, so how are things gone since you start the business? I mean, um, with smooth selling, uh, you know, since, you know, helping black people and what's your experience and, uh, how things go for your business so at the beginning? Well, honestly, it's, uh, it's been a smooth takeoff at first trying to get loans and, and things like that. It's always hard. They want you to go up and over a mountain. So I linked up with a buddy of mine who had the same views as me, and we both saved up some money. You know, we're making great money, 
when you do welding, I'm a welding inspector by trade. So when you do that, you're making good money. We both put our money up and we just uh, went out on our own because the banks were trying to either hit us hard on collateral and we have land. But I know one thing about them, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with going through banks, but a lot of times when you do go through them, they're going to rig you with an interest rate that's so high that if you default on that, if you default on the loan, they're going to come in and they're going to take whatever you it is you put up for collateral. In our case, we got a 78-acre uh, farm in Dangerfield, Texas, and I, I couldn't afford to have none of that took by them. So I, I just uh, came out of my pocket, and that's how we started. All right, that's great, man. So, um, so, um, so how I many? So how did how did this class work or the thing program you were? How does it actually okay. work? This program is start. It's called Spaven Industrial Academy, and what it is 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 a lot of black people. And you, you know, it's not to say that we don't hire white people, but for example, I can read blueprints. I'm also good with uh, just general uh, manufacturing. What I do is I teach other young black children how to read prints. We got my guy Marcus. He's a certified welding instructor. You know, he, he's a he's he's went to school for it. He's got a degree in it, and he's teaching people how to weld. And the goal is, say for example, college ain't for everybody. You got some kids. 18, 17 years old, they graduate. They don't want to go to the army. They don't want to go to college, but they don't want to live around and be another statistic. So what we'll do is we'll take those kids and we'll teach them a trade. And we branching out, not just for industrial, we branching out, you know. Uh, in the future, we hope to get people in there that can teach uh, kids how to do stocks. We hope to get people in there that can teach, teach people how to do secretarial work or Microsoft uh, programs. So it's growing every day. But the general, our general goal is to teach young African-American kids some type of trade that will make them valuable to the work world. That's above pretty cool. Any, right. Above anything, we want to teach them how to think as an independent. And they may possibly one day start, start their own business. So that's the goal, you know, just to help uh, young kids in the black community out. And maybe somebody outlive poverty or grow out of poverty one day because I believe in leaving a legacy. And a lot of times it has to be taught. That's what's up. That's, that's, that's good, man. Um, man, listen, I'm glad that you're doing stuff like that uh, to help help the people, help get back to communities and things of that nature. And I'm sure there's a lot of skills out there. I know it's amazing that uh, a lot of skill set that black people use. And I'm glad you figured out what you, how you can uh, can give back to the community by educating them. And uh, I think that's something we probably need more of uh, in the community of whoever gifts and oh, talent that someone has. Yeah, to give back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an old proverb that goes, you feed a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And I believe in teaching a man to fish. Yeah, I agree. That, it makes it makes perfect sense. Um, and that, it's kind of it's just kind of strange how things are. So let me ask you a question. Um, uh, you said uh, black uh, preparedness is that part of your black preparedness, or you have more information on? Uh, well, yeah, it's uh this this spaceman around is a conglomerate, man. We're not only into the spaceman industrial academy for people, but we also into teaching people about prepping. And when you hear prepping, a lot of folks think some crazy dude in a bunker with guns. Uh, we, not that. Well, say for example, 
based off your geographical location. If you live in California, right, and you black, chances are you may someday wake up to the unfortunate incident of an earthquake. If that's the case, you need to have your kit already set up and ready to go. You need to have you a, a vehicle that's dependable to get yourself out of Dodge. You know, I'm not saying go buy guns and shoot people. I'm not saying go crazy with it, but I'm saying be prepared. For example, when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans a few years back, they warned people, warned people, warned people. Now, a lot of white people, they do boating. They, you know, they fish, they have boats, they have uh, life jackets. A lot of them got up out of there, but a lot of white people who stayed, well, they had they had the equipment needed to kind of survive. Most of the black most of the people who died in Katrina were black, and it's because black people lack necessary resources. Uh, go to just a few just two years ago when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. You see it all over YouTube. Black people was posting Facebook Live crying. Uh, white people are not saving us. They're not helping us. They want us to die. Me, in, in all reality. Well, I believe that all humans should try to help one another. If we being honest, it's it's not a white person's job to go into a black community and help black people who went and bought a pair of Jordans instead of a boat. Then <laughs> <laughs> you left. But it's true though. <laughs> cover story on when Harvey hit, it was black people robbing Foot Locker. It was black women going to the weave store. Nobody thought, maybe I should go get a boat. Maybe I should, maybe I should get a life jacket. You know, it's, it's a cultural problem with us. And this don't apply to all blacks, because there's a lot of black people out there that's got their head on streets and they're doing something. You know, they're doing something major. However, it's also a lot of us out there who just, we just support the status quo. We don't want to do better. We don't want to prepare for nothing better. And then we, we it's like we want a handout. And that's what black preparedness is all about. If you start preparing, uh, preparation starts mentally. If you start mentally getting yourself ready for the possibility that things could happen, you don't only prepare for some type of disaster. You also prepare for a financial struggle. You know, if you got a purpose mindset, when you get your check, instead of going somewhere and, I don't know, buying Jordans or gold teeth or rims, maybe you'll put that extra three or $400 to the side for a rainy day. That's all, that's all it's about. Black, pre uh, black preparedness is more than being prepared for natural disasters. It's being prepared for hardships, period. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> black preparedness sound pretty as well. You know, you're right. You should be prepared for a lot of different things. Um, one thing people should always have, uh, I have a leader that teach me, uh, name is Paul Raffoo. You always say, you never know when something's going to happen. I always have you a safety kit everywhere you go, yeah. traveling everywhere. So anything can happen, no band-aids. No, you should. People should always have that deodorant. Oh yeah, all day, all your, all your long, round long. That's anywhere. And, you know, deodorant, the basic needs. You can take that anywhere, traveling anywhere. Uh, should have one with you, ready to go. And um, you'd be amazed how simple stuff like that is important. Bandages and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> people take things for granted. Yo, know, what the Department of Defense tells you, and you know they they put out bulletins like monthly. But every now and then they do a bulletin about being prepared for natural disasters or EMP or whatever, and they tell you have at least three days worth of food. Then okay, right now they're evacuating parts of Louisiana for Hurricane Barry, right? My mom is down there. 
called my mom the other day and I told her, hey, look, what's your plan if this thing goes south? Well, what do you mean? I say, mama, listen, what do you plan on doing if it goes south? She said, well, nobody's told me nothing. I said, they don't always tell you. I said, you, you got to pay attention to the media. You got to pay attention to the news source yourself. So I instructed her, get you a bag, put you some clothes in it, uh, go to the ATM right now, get you some cash, get you a couple hundred dollars cash, put that in your bag and put it in a compartment where only you know where it is. You know, I taught my mom how to shoot. I, I'm, a, I'm a former military guy. I'm an avid shooter. I taught my mom how to shoot. I even gave her a gun. And I told my mom, make sure you got the gas in your car because if it happens to be that you got to evacuate and get out of there, don't wait for the last minute to leave. The road's going to be packed. It'll literally take you three hours to get three miles down the road in a bad traffic jam. So my mom is already up in a world with, with plan B preparedness, you know? <clears throat> yeah, that's that's good that you watch out. You know, I think, I think one of the things about concerns of, of mainly, you know, black people is that, uh, like you said, we we depend too much on uh, blaming people. Like you know, we need we instead right. of taking responsibility. Like oh, the news intel. Some like fences. When a tornado get ready to come, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Uh, when you have a bad storm, um, you can't always watch the news. The power go out, so you don't know how close the tornado is. So you just hear the siren. You don't know where that where that tornado when you hear the siren. But a lot of times your power go out before the tornado get near you. When you watch That's the true. news, and so now, so I realized, so well, you know, well, you, I guess you look at cell phone, but sometimes tornadoes hit. Most times, news people don't know what a tornado hit, so somebody call it in, and it's too late by then, you know. Uh, exactly. And, and uh, when it happened, and a lot of times they don't even know half of them. A tornado come through and hit a town, and they don't even know it's coming through. So somebody calling, somebody had tornadoes went through Columbia. We had it. No, in this in this city, the wind, we had a tornado about yeah, a couple months ago. Months. They didn't know it. They didn't know it came through. Yeah, it was just two months ago. Yeah, they didn't know it came through that the people reported and saw the damage, but they weren't even on the TV. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of that same tornado, uh, it knocked all our power out for two days. We stayed with our power for two days, you know. And some stay five days. Yeah. Yeah, some uh, stay for But uh you gotta be prepared. Can't, we can't well, I'm saying we can't <laughs> yeah, depend on yeah, on, on other people. Prepared. Even though I had food in a refrigerator that was about to spoil, guess what I did? What's that? I went outside to my man cave, got my generator, plugged, I hooked it up, ran my refrigerator and my and my stove through that. I had to save my food. I wasn't worried about much else, you know. Right. But we were able to charge our phones. We were able to uh, keep on taking baths. We were able to have food. To eat. So it's just things like that, man. And I paid $275 for my generator at a pawn shop. Wow, that's cheap. This is the thing. Uh, you can buy a pair of Jordans for $200. I went and bought a pair. I went and bought a generator. You understand what I'm saying? It's things like that. It's that mindset that I want black people to have because once you start thinking like that, you quit. You quit depending on other people to help you. You know how come every time something major happens in our communities, one of the first things we say, "Well, they not gonna let that happen." Well, they they gonna come say, "Who is they?" <laughs> I mean, who is they? <laughs> White Jesus Easter Bunny, I guess. <laughs> Santa Claus. Maybe it's Santa Claus. <laughs> but the bottom line is, I don't we know. Have, we have to start better in our own communities, man. We have a cultural problem. And I, mean, I think one of our problems is we can't let go of the past. We can't let go of the, the deep rooted racism in this country. And I'm not, I'm not giving it a pass, but I'm saying dwelling on it does what? 
it just makes you more angry. Right. You know, at some point you got to wake up, smell the coffee, and just push forward. And I hear a lot of blacks, a lot in the pro-black community especially, uh, Tariq Nasheed and, and all these other guys talking about reparations. This is a this is a talk that's been discussed for 40 years. Nothing is going to happen, man. And I'm not fond of Donald Trump at all. However, I do keep up with some of the man's policies. You know, one of the things he passed was a revitalization act for black communities. If you a black person right now and you got a business mindset, you should be writing a grant to try to get you a certain amount of money to help you start a business to help better black communities. Chances are at this point you will get it under the revitalization act, but a lot of blacks don't know that. They're so busy hating everything about Donald Trump. Do I like him? No, I don't. But I'm always for how can I benefit? You understand what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't love Trump at all, but he's passing policies that I can benefit from. You know. Truth being told, that man being in office is why I also have a primary job. Until until Spayman and Reinhardt takes off, I'll do what I got to do. All right. Now, you said that this is the second thing is we go talk about is a uh, civil war in the black community. What is the oh, civil yeah. war in the black community? Some people think okay. about tanks and guns, so break that down if you don't mind. Right, right, man. When you think about tanks and guns, that's, it's not. <laughs> Let's talk about civil war, uh, how, on average, black people hate each other. You know, it's not it's not much that white people dislike us and Oriental people dislike us and, and Hispanics dislike us. If I ask you a question and say, hey, Andrew, why are black people the most hated pe- people in the world? Or why are we the most hated people in the U.S.? What would you say? Um, no, well, that's a good question. I don't know why we are the most hated. I, I'm ready to explain this to you. I'm about to explain it. Okay. A lot of whites don't like us. Not all, but a lot of whites don't like us. A lot of uh, Asian and Oriental people don't like us. A lot of Hispanics <clears throat> don't like us. But it's not, it's not that they don't like us that makes us the most hated race in America. It's the fact that on top of all them not liking us, we don't like ourselves either. Look at the, the black-on-black crime rate, okay? Now, that's something that's always been there via uh, gangs or drugs or whatever. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, like my book, Hip Hop and Do Stupidity, points out, a lot of it's got to do with the music we listen to. Our youth is so influential that when they listen to, you know, Bang Bang, Killer, killer N-Word, Pimper H, uh, B. That, that type of stuff right there affects our youth in a negative way, man. All right? You got a lot of these gangbangers who are now transitioning into being rappers. And instead of just rapping, they want to fly their gang colors, you know? Uh, when the last time you seen two country singers kill each other? I ain't heard me talk about violence, first of all. Period. Right. When's the last time you seen two, two former rock bands or, or two former rock and roll singers go to war and kill one another? I ain't heard any beef with it unless they broke up. Well, this stuff is so prevalent in the black community that it makes me sick. It makes me want to throw up. Uh, DJ Academics blew up on his YouTube channel because he covered something called the war in Chirac. And he was able to mostly cover that because a lot of gangbangers turned rappers would rap. And then two days later, that same rapper would be dead. You know, it's it's a shame at the rate at how, how we kill each other and how we hate one another. Our problem 
it's not a white problem. It's a cultural problem. We have a problem as a culture, man. So when I say that it's a war on the black community, I'm not just talking about black men hate black men. I'm also talking about the war between black women and black men. It's a hidden war going on between black women and black uh, men. You got your girl Paris Milan, and I understand where she, on the on the front, I understand where she's coming from. When she say she don't like people who do interracial dating, okay. However, she got a little gang of followers, man, a gang of black women who just have they generalize all black men, right? I mean, they they go in on them, they hate them, they despise them, and it's like. Why do you blame every black man for something that one or two has done? And you want to know my views on interracial dating? It's, it's simple. <clears throat> I see nothing wrong with it because I think most people get involved in interracial dating because they get so tired of the racism. You know? But Paris Milan is the type of chick who can find something wrong with anything. She can turn anything into a racist situation. She's a race baiter. Tariq Nasheed is a race baiter. And we got black people who are lost. So these so-called pro-blacks or, or these so-called woke blacks, they look to people like Paris Milan. They look to people like Tariq Nasheed and they being misled. You know, they being led astray. Then you got people like Umar Johnson who basically talk about, let's go to war with white people. I mean, how are you going to do some crap like that? <laughs> You're not even united. You don't even have a united front. The best thing that black people can do in America, if you want respect from white people, if you want respect from the politicians, it ain't just white people, it's the politicians. And a lot of those politicians are old, old school who was raised by racists and they pass that same rhetoric. So let's, 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 be, let's be clear about that. You know, I'm not blaming every white person in America for the actions of a few. From an unfortunate standpoint, a few of those Americans, a few of those white people are sitting on Capitol Hill and they still passing those racial laws those segregated laws. And a lot of blacks, we traditional Democrats, man. We want to vote Democrat. And <laughs> dude, I'm not, I'm not Republican, but I'm not Democrat either. You know, I guess I'm anti-political. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to vote either one. They all lie. But I definitely wouldn't vote for a Democrat. Why so, is that? I heard they can't, I heard the KKK came out of Democrat. Well, you, you know what? They supported it. The, Demo the original Democratic Party supported that. They supported slavery. You know, even Dr. King's folks, uh, Dr. King's dad was actually a Republican. You know, when King got locked up and they were going to try to kill him in a jail, it wasn't until the end that his dad said, well, maybe we should shift the focus to, to Democrat. But for the most part, they were Republican. And also, you had a uh, you can actually find audio, and I'm not too fond of Candace Owens either, but she had she had pointed out a video where Lyndon B. Johnson basically said, hey, get me in office, and I had those niggers voting Democrat for 30 or 40 years. I don't mean it was said, but dude, Democrats don't mean black people no good, man, and I'm going I'm to give you an example how. They started the programs that took the black man out the household. You understand what I'm saying? So this is a war too. It's part of the war, right? Of course. Well, it's not. Well, not for war, war, but for you know, what that, I'm saying. Started the war. Cause see, let me show you. A black woman and a black man both living together have three kids, right? And they trying to make ends meet, but let's face it, they both they both making minimum wage, you know, below minimum wage during this time. So in order to get a foothold on life, 
she go file for government assistance. They say, hey, yeah, Miss Jones, I don't care about giving it to you, but Mr. Jones can't be present. I can't give it to you if your husband's in the house. That means you make enough money to feed yourself. So they started trying to play the system at first. Mr. Jones would live with his mom or his brother, and Miss Jones would stay at the house, and he would come over there at night when everything was clear. But the lady down the street was doing the same thing, right? Her husband got caught at the house. They caught his clothes. They did a surprise inspection, catch his clothes at the house, and now it's, you know what? Let's make an example out of her. That's the victim. Let's throw her and the kids and all the furniture out on the lawn. Before long, word spreads. Yeah, you know what happened to Sister Tammy, right? No, what happened? Well, they found her, they found her husband was living with her, and they cut her food stamps off, and they threw him out the house. So guess what black women started doing? Hey, look, you got to go somewhere else. You can't stay here. I need these benefits. And they started giving them more and more money. So they took the black man out of the household. Then they flipped it. And they said, oh, guess what? Ms. Jones, I know we've been giving you these food stamps for the last year and a half or two years. But where's Victor Jones? Where's Mr. Jones? Well, you know, he don't live with me. I don't hear from him. That's fine. Uh, tell him we need him to come to court because he got to pay child support all this money that we've given you. We, we need our money back from him. So that puts him in prison. He can't pay. Guess where he goes? Yep, they got a sale yeah. with his name on it. They got a sale with his name on it. That's where Mr. Jones ends up. So that started the civil war between black women and black men. And I had somebody tell me one time, a pretty wise dude, so, man, how come most of the times you see a young black man and a young black woman together, they do just fine until she get pregnant, they have a kid, and now all of a sudden, they can't be together no more. I was like, man, I don't even know. He said, well, it comes from both of them not being able to afford the child. And she realizes the only way she's going to be able to take care of this kid is she going to get on some Democratic housing assistance. He can't be present. He's mad because your natural instincts as a father is to want to be around your child. But he hates her now because he feels like she's a drama queen. And it's no other place in history besides the Democrat Party where this gets uh, touched on more than hip-hop. You remember they, they, uh, the first time I ever heard of the term baby mama drama? That was hip-hop. You know? We the only people that go around, that's my baby mama, that's my baby daddy. This is, this is just one of the many ways the war in the black community is going on. This is one of the many ways that it's a civil war. And on this front, you got people like Paris Milan. She's like the general of the black, black woman's army that hate black men. All right? Then you got these NFL and NBA players. They're like the poster boys for black men who hate black women. You got these rappers. They like the poster boys for these black women who hate black women, these black men who hate black women. And that's what I mean when I say a civil war in the black community. And my book is going to touch on that. It touches on how hip-hop induced stupidity not only tears apart the black household, it degrades the black woman to such a degree, to such a degree that anytime you see most young black women, and it's not all cases, but a lot of times you see a young black woman, black women on average have natural athletic curvy physiques. And a lot of black women are smart. But that's usually overshadowed because she's got a nice body. And when the door been slammed in her face enough, guess what she started to do? I guess I've been over and twerk. 
I guess I refer to myself as a bitch and I'll go out here and I'll, you know, I'll do whatever I got to do to make it happen. I'm all about my bag. I'm all about my money. And you got black men on the forefront fueling this. These rappers, they fuel this. Um, Snoop Dogg was fine being a pimp. You know what I'm saying? But when you when you ask him, what if somebody did that to your daughter? Oh, that's different. You know, T.I. was fine telling other, other women to go out there and be sluts, but when it come to his wife and his kids, oh, that's different. You see what I'm saying? Hip-hop induced stupidity. That's why I say we got to live above the image, man. You don't need you don't need to have a hip-hop induced mindset or a hip-hop image to be successful in the black community. But that's how we 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 value ghetto richness, ghetto wealth, ghetto fabulous. That's that's what we value in our communities on average. It's not everybody, just just some. What I see. And that's why it's so important that people get their hands on my book. I'm I'm about to put it out. It'll be out in around next uh, March. Uh, where's it gonna be available on Amazon? Hopefully. No, it's uh it's gonna be an ebook. I'll try to get yeah, it. Yeah, Amazon do ebooks. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah well, definitely. But uh, it's really for knowledge. It's for knowledge based. Yeah, you, you can put on Amazon ebook and have them download for free if you want to. But Amazon is very, very, it's, uh, it's free. I think, I believe it's free to put it on there. Well, see, the thing is, we've been so uh, manipulated by media, you know, uh, uh, media and propaganda, and we've been brainwashed. And I, I just, I just want to shed light on that. And I know. Not all blacks are going to listen. I know, I know, but if I can get about five people to say, okay, he changed the way I thought, you know, I see where he's coming from with that. And those five people may be able to reach 500. Those 500 could reach 500,000, and that 500,000 could reach 5 million, you know, but it, it starts with somebody planting the seed. I think it would be a very good book because I know some stuff we went and talked about that you didn't touch on. That we have uh, discussed personally about, you know, the uh, three things that, you know, you're talking about how 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 we socially conditioned about about what we what we want, what we what, what a man or oh, woman. Yeah. You know? yeah, definitely. I know you talk about that. I don't know if you're gonna bring it up because I, I think that's very powerful information um, as far as relationship goes. That uh, yeah. right. You want to share some of yours? We're wait till it all come on the book. I mean, yeah, we, we can share some of it. I, I have no problem with it. You know, it's, it's knowledge. I give it away for free. Okay. You, know, you got, for example, I'm glad you, I'm actually glad you brought it up. You right. got guys right now, right? They're young, not bad looking guys. But a lot of times people do things to attract opposite sex. This has nothing to do with race. This this is, <clears throat> you get a lot of white guys, right? Right. They'll go buy the big trucks. You know, they'll, they'll get the truck. They'll put the big lift kit on there, the big tires. And they'll drive around, and that's that's a that's a form of let me flash off the show that you know I'm a man and I got it. I, I'm trying to mate. It's it's really for women, okay? They do it for the girls. Black men do it too, but a lot of us will go get a a Chrysler 300 and put rims on it, or we'll get a, a Range Rover and put rims on it. It's your way of showing the woman that hey man, choose me. You know, I got a car, I got, I got money, choose me. Well, you can have all you can have the girls without doing any of that. And this is what I call a three-piece certified system. The first P being able to provide. Second P being able to protect. The third P being pleasure. However, 
most people focus on the third P and they pay no attention to the first two. And you can't do that out of order. You could be the sexiest man in the world. If all you want to focus on is a pleasurable, physical pleasure in a relationship and you're not bringing nothing to the table, the woman you with got to feed you. She got to clothe you. She got to take you from A to B. You know, you living in her house. Eventually, she's going to get tired of you, man. So this is what I call a 3 P certified system. If a woman can look at you and tell you able to provide, protect, and please, you can definitely have your pick of the litter. I'm not saying you can get every woman in the world, but most women don't care about looks once they realize that a man is a good provider, he's a good protector, and he can please them. You understand? Yes. Yep. I'm here. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'll touch on the three Ps in the book. That's what's up. You got any other questions? I mean, I'm an open book. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, you don't touch all you going to say about the three Ps or you got a little bit more? That's all you got uh, to say? That's all I say about it, but I go into depth. I know you got to go into depth. We want them to get that book when it comes out. That's what we want to do. Because, you know, yeah. I'm glad that we're doing a podcast. And um, and y'all who's tuning in to um, listen to uh, Deshaun, um, I'll make sure y'all be out look for his book. And also make sure you subscribe to um, this podcast, Your Journey, and share with other people and friends. And uh, this is a growing uh, podcast. It's new. Um, just not long started by, you know, not by a couple of weeks. And, um, and so, listen, I'm bringing a lot of different people on here, just like Deshaun, but I mean, by anything, by any topic. And um, I'm very happy to have Deshaun on. And Deshaun, listen, um, I want to thank you for coming on the platform and talking a little bit about the, uh, you know, about the black community and how and things that you're doing to help and, you know, giving advice about what we can do to make it better, you know, just simple stuff. And uh, I think more, more, uh, one of the most important thing is, um, is educating ourselves and education takes uh, personal responsibility. We can't wait somebody to educate us and do things for ourselves. Those two things do education, educate yourself is part of, doing it yourself. It, it's not fun. It's not always easy. Uh, it takes work to educate yourself on different things. Be prepared. It could be anything. It could be, yeah, like that's said, true. it could be anything. It could be history, um, science, but you know, we got to learn how to educate ourselves and not, and not depend on the school system and social media to teach us truth, which is not really going to give you a whole lot of truth. They get enough oh, yeah. for you to, uh, to control you. Right, but an organized education system, that's exactly what it teaches. It teaches you how to go out into society and be the perfect little worker bee. It don't really teach you how to be an independent. And Spaven Industrial Academy, we teaching that. We teaching independence. You know, it's nothing I would love more than for some young black kid to say, hey, I'm going to go buy me a truck and I'm going to buy my own welding rig and I'm going to get on with the pipeline. I'm going to contract out and I'm going to weld pipe. I would love that. I would love for some kid to come tell me, hey, look, I'm going to continue my education and I'm going to become a certified welding inspector, get my CWI. You know why? You can make up to $60 an hour as a CWI. And you can oh, yeah. do that. Yeah, you can make $60 an hour. That's more money than <laughs> right. And, and it's, a, it's a road that's not really taken by black people, you know. Uh, Robert Frost said two roads diversion of wood and not took the one that's traveled by. And that made all the difference. That serves as a catalyst for Spaven and Ron for, for our incorporation 
That's that's really what we want to do. We want to get young black kids to take the role that's travel. Because how many young black kids you know right now in Longview? Smart, talented, but they focused on trying to become a rapper. Focused mm-hmm. on wanting to be the next dancer. Focused on wanting to be the next party beat. You understand? That's a road that's widely taken in our community. And at the end of the day, no matter how good you are, if these execs got 10 million good people to choose from, how many people are going to actually get picked? We need, to start, we need to start looking at other avenues. We need to start thinking about, hey, man, if I can start getting the mindset of wanting to be wealthy at the age of 19, if I can get in the mindset of generational wealth, leaving my kids something when my time come, I'm dead and gone, if I can leave my kids a quarter million dollars and teach them the importance of leaving a legacy for their children, then one day we won't be a we won't be a poor family. We won't be a family in poverty. And that's my mindset, man. I have a feeling that's what some of a lot of some of the Hispanic communities are doing anyway, if you really watch what they're doing. Well you well they've been doing it, and you can't get mad at them for that. You know, they've they've been making sure that they can leave some type of legacy for their children. They don't mind pulling their money or pulling their resources. And that's the reason why they can come over here broke. And in six or seven years, they they living in a nice house. They got nice vehicles. The children going to college. They're getting the best educations because they understand the overall goal. And we don't. We, we serve as individuals in our community. It's too many individuals. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, well, well. Um, man, you know, that's a lot to think about. And I hope that um, a lot of people who listen to this broadcast will uh, uh, have an open mind and, and listen very carefully uh, about what um, uh, Deshaun has said and spoken. He's given a lot of examples and um, a lot of uh, wisdom. Of 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 what things go on, how we can do things about it. <clears throat> Helps you have to think for yourself. You know, we got to start thinking for ourselves. And uh, Mr. Deshaun, I really thank you for tuning in to this. You know, coming on the show to this platform of your journey. And um, man, I would like to have you again next time to see how things go in the near future. If that's okay oh, yeah, with you. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, keep in touch, man. You know, we bump into each other often. Yeah, we've been trying to do this for a while anyway. Finally, do something. We finally did it. And uh, and listen, uh, I think this would be real good to share. And uh, and uh, once uh, the podcast get going, I will share you the link. And um, you know, you better find uh, your journey on, on any platform: uh, iTunes, Spotify, Apple, um, and and the other other um, other platform as well. That they name Google. So yeah, listen, just be looking for it, man. And uh, I will be most definitely be having some more stuff coming uh, real soon. Hey, interviews coming. Oh yeah, I got some interviews up on on my podcast, and I've seen the link. And uh, this is gonna be one of them. And I want to thank everyone who's tuning in to your journey. Uh, my name is Andrew Love, and I like to say, uh, you know, continue to do what you do, continue to learn, continue your path in life, and be happy, be happy, and be prosperous as much as possible. And uh, thank you, Mr. Deshaun, and thank all y'all for tuning in. I appreciate all right, it. Have a nice day. You too. Peace and love.